It's good to talk to you. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the 2020 Mindset Leadership Conference. I'm your host, Riley Jensen. And today, I'm super excited for our next guest. I met him a number of years ago at the All-Poly Football Camp. And uh, I just love talking football. I love talking life. And I love talking everything with the head coach for Washington State University, Coach Nick Rolovich. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, easy, Brad. Good to be here, man. Good to talk to you again. Hey, man, you're looking good. You got the Washington State Aloha shirt yeah, on. Yeah, I got the Washington State Aloha shirt. It's Friday. Little little it's Indiana the, Jones hat. Yeah. Start, man. And the Cougars in the grass. I'm ready to pounce. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, this, this, this conference is designed – mostly just to talk about good right now. I mean, there's a lot of, okay. there's a lot of crap going on. There's COVID-19. There's people that are sick. There's people that are losing jobs and businesses and all that kind of stuff. And so I just kind of wanted to talk about, you know, kind of dive into your history and your mentality about a lot of different things. Cause I think just talking about positive things can be of benefit to people. Can you tell uh, some of the people that are watching this, you know, where you came from, where you played football, and then how you got into coaching. Okay. I was born in uh, Daly City, which is just south of San Francisco. Lived in San Francisco for you know, 10 or 11 years. Been moved to uh, Nevada, California. Played at Marin Catholic High School. Um, was a qualifier. Had no offers. Had no walk-on offers. Um, wanted to keep playing, felt I, I, I could learn more about the game. Went to City College of San Francisco, gray-shirted and played two years. Learned a ton about passing, learned a ton about uh, life, learned a ton about, you know, the, the JC League and what that, that, that arena does for it's, – it's, it's such a second chance for guys, you know. And, and there's, a, there's a, a real high level of passion because, you know, everybody – you know, you're not getting a nutrition center. You're not getting free food. You're, you know, you're playing just almost survival to make that next level. And I liked being around that. There was a lot of hunger there. Um, got a chance to have some scholarship offers, chose Hawaii for the offense with June Jones um, and uh, the opportunity. Cause as a JC guy, it's not about the flash. You got to get on the field. If your goal is to keep chasing that NFL deal. You know, if you just want the big logo and the nice big stadiums and that's the end of your, end of your line, then, then fine. But I, I, I wanted to see how high I could take it. So Hawaii um, had, had a, a down and an up and down um, career there, ended on the up, ended on a real high note. But while I was there, um, made some poor choices uh, after, you know, winning a ton of games, feeling uh, underappreciated out of high school, felt like, Okay, and this goes back to the gratitude part, right? I'm like, okay, I've earned this. I have the right to, to do what a um, stereotypical quarterback of a Division One school can do, and you know that's making bad decisions off the field, partying, and and I would get up for practice and I would handle it. But what I was doing, I was bringing people down with me. Uh, I was bringing teammates down, the guys who you know. I just have this ability. I can, I can get people together and have a lot of fun, but um, it wasn't the best for a lot of guys, including myself. Even though I was making practice, I wasn't the best version of myself. I was started, got benched very quickly, um, sat the bench for the rest of the season, my junior year, came back with a different mindset, different approach, um, did what, what things that got me there, 
um, and, and got an opportunity to play. You know, I was still a backup. I was going to go take a fireman's test in San Francisco, go be a fireman because my football was running out. I had made my, my bet. Um, uh, 9-11 hits, the, 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 the test gets canceled. Uh, Timmy Chang gets hurt. I'm able to play my senior year, and now I'm sitting here as the head coach of Washington State. So, um, you know, I spent some time in NFL Europe, a couple training camps with the Broncos, a lot of arena league stops. Um, but uh, started getting into coaching when I was in the arena league because the arena was a spring sport. Um, and I was still finishing my degree. So I went back to Hawaii and shoot, I was a, um, I was an equipment manager, basically, you know, I put all the bags out for practice with, with all the other equipment managers. Um, we broke down film, um, you know, helped, helped in any way we could. And that kind of got, got the bug going. Um, I really, what I really kind of knew I wanted to coach was, um, my, my end of the year meeting with June Jones after our senior year. And I just was amazed at his approach, what he did and what he gave to our senior class. And, and, and basically he, he kind of showed us the way, I mean, a lot of us did it, but you know, the way he prepped us mentally and, and the visualization you talked about, uh, positive thinking, um, you know, he was, he was all about that. And you know, I remember telling him, Hey, someday I want to do what you do. And I wanted to do it at Hawaii. And that was the first time I really remember it coming out of my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a cool story. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I remember you telling me that you played at San Francisco uh, City College and you, you must have been the first that kind of started that wave. There was, there was quite a few quarterbacks after you that, that went on to play big time football as well. And um, I, I tell people all the time, you, you play junior college football, you, you find out real quick whether you love the sport or not. Because yes, you do. You were not, you were not <laughs> pampered. There are not people in the stands. Uh, there's not a lot of notoriety, but you're playing because, because you love it and because you're dreaming, you're dreaming big. Mm -hmm. You're hoping, you're hoping for the next level and you're working hard for it. What a, what a cool story. That's a great point, you know, and, and once you said that, I'm like, oh, that's what I'm going to go with this year. If they don't let fans in, guess what? Let's go back at JC, you know, that didn't matter to us. We still played the game, you know, and, and I think that's the mentality, you know, I'm going to take in the locker room. I'm like, you know, because we had some JC guys and we had some high school guys, obviously. But, you know, I think that's a great analogy. And, and it's a good segue into um, some gratitude for the guys who have been here for three or four years out of high school and how they've been treated. And, and to realize maybe what, what the JC route is kind of gets you centered again, I think. Should, should center everybody. Yeah, I mean, I uh, there's no question that I learned that I really loved it. I mean, when you're – when your bus breaks down on a trip to Walla Walla, Washington, and you show up at 6.30 and they're not changing the game time because you were late. Get it done. Like, you just go out and you play and you and you love the game. You just right. – you figure out how to love it. And yeah, uh, that's really cool. When, when, you, uh, when you think about mental toughness, and I'm not talking about, like, encyclopedia dictionary, what – What's your definition? When you think about players that you've had, players that you've been around, what's mental toughness to you? Well, I think it, when, when you look at the players who kind of stand out with having high levels of it, um, I think they've got a real established goal in their mind. And I think that's part of the early process. You know, guys can throw the ball. Maybe some guys play because their dad wants them to play. Um, but the, the, I think the, the creation and establishment of a goal in your mind um, 
really opens up the floodgates to those that mental toughness kind of vein in your brain you know you're not gonna you're, if you don't love it and you don't generally want that goal then you're gonna find an excuse and I, and I heard we, we, we had John Gordon on and he said something that was beautiful. I thought it was so simple and it made so much sense. Talk to yourself rather than listen to yourself. Cause you know, the, the, the human brain, I, from what I've read and seen it, it's almost programmed to be below the line. There's a great video, a messy MESI videos that, that really do a nice job just kind of because it goes back to survival. It goes back to always expecting something bad, you know, in our, in our evolution. And, um, you have to talk to yourself positively in those, in those, whether it's goal setting, whether it's, you know, um, because we've all heard it in our head, you know, you can just stop now. You can just stop now. You can quit now, you know, but I think if you continually vision, and I think visualization is, is, I think it's the reason I'm here. I, I, I visualize doing great things. And June Jones is the one who told me, I said, before you go to sleep, close your eyes and visualize doing great things tomorrow. And I'm like, All right, boom. And then you, you just get a, a, a different focus, you know, but I think talking to yourself instead of listening to yourself is a good exercise. Yeah. I don't know if I stole that from him or what, but I, I seem to use that one a lot. I, I love the thought too. He probably really- stole from you, Riley. No, 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 no. Hey, I, I'm an old coach, man. We all steal. We're all thieves. We're all thieves. Yeah, yeah. So the thing that I love about it, though, is like when you're talking about vision, and I, I tell people all the time, the great ones have vision, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think I can give you the Riley Jensen guarantee with a warranty that if you can't see yourself being successful, if you can't see yourself being all-conference if you can't see yourself playing in the NFL, it ain't never going to happen. Like it's just not going to, and I can't, I can't give you the guarantee that if you do visualize it, that it's going to happen, but you have a way better chance. Yeah. I mean, it's the only way you have a chance. Right. Right. So I do feel like the great ones have vision. I kind of like what you're saying about having a goal in mind. It's kind of like the, the mentally tough people that I know, every great person, great organization, they kind of know what their why is. They know why they're playing. It's not, it's not because dad wants them to play. It's not because they want to play in the NFL for all the, the, the reasons of rich and fame and all that kind of stuff. It's because they want to push themselves to their limit. They, they, they want to play at the very best. I remember hearing Steve Young saying, I just wanted to test myself at the highest level. Like I, I just wanted to be there so I could see where I stood, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I like that. I, I think those are really, really key points that you're talking about. Um, and, 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 and I agree completely with you. And what was interesting for me to witness was, you know, you go back and, and anybody that's been around, you know, a, a bunch of levels of football, and I'm not saying the highest level, but I was able to go, right, high school. There were guys on that team that were just happy to be on the team. You know, there was, you go to junior college, there, there was a few guys that said they wanted to be at City College, but most of the guys there wanted to try to get a scholarship and move on and change their life. But there was still this element of, yeah, I'm on City's team. I'm just happy to be here, right? And then you get to Division One. there's guys who are happy for their scholarship. You know, maybe that was their end goal, which is fine. But the, 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 the first off, the, the looking forward to that next level or that goal and um, – realizing when you jump a level you know it's always a it's always a 
there's always a doubt that creeps in and pretty, you know, after a couple of days, you know, you walk in, you're like, Oh man, how am I going to do this? I'm not, you know, maybe I'm not meant to be here, blah, blah, blah. After a couple of days, you start to realize, you know, I do belong here and, and they're, they're, they're real guys. They're real humans. They're not superhumans. And, and then you start kind of rising through that level of division one, you know, and then um, even, you know, that, with a cup of coffee, you're able to see, you know, the guys, you know, I remember like, I like Rod Smith with the Broncos, you know, I think he was undrafted free agent, you know, it was, I think he was in his 12th year when I was with him. And I was like, this guy loves football. This is a, this is an all pro um, after practice, you know, we're, I, I'm trying to get my throws in, right. Show everybody how much I want to be there. And, and he, and he goes, Hey, you want to, you want to have a throwing contest? I'm like, yes, I do. I want to throw with rods, you know what I mean? And, and then, but, but it's the love of competition and it's the love of um, seeing how good you can be. I think it's the realization of, yes, we have one life on this earth. When you have that and hopefully you have a goal tied in with that, I think it really kind of puts you on a nice path to, of, of, of an attack to that goal. Certainly makes life more enjoyable, right? I like, agree with that. I, I feel like when you have a goal and when you have kind of a vision of where you want to be, it, everything else kind of falls in line. And, you know, when you get out of football, there's that, that moment where you're kind of just floundering, like, this is what I've done forever. What do I do now? Do I coach? Do I do this? Mm -hmm. Where do I go? And when you find that new dream, it falls back into place again. But for some players, it's hard because mm -hmm. so much self-esteem is wrapped around it, right? That's right. Great, great stuff. Do you think your Do you think your idea of mental toughness has shifted over the years, or your definition? I I, I think it's 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 grown. It's not that's the guy that could finish gassers, right? But it it goes into why. Why is that guy the one who can finish gassers? And then you start to look at the roots of it. Um, I don't know how much it's changed because I think there's always you can you can see the guys and and and. Fans can see. You don't have to be a coach. You don't have to be a player to see who's tough. I mean, fans and humans are – they can read body language. I mean, you don't have to be an expert in football to read body language. And and that's why, you know, I, I enjoy some of – you know, you hear some of maybe the coaches – or uh, fans' wives or, or even guys that don't even look at, at the schematics of it. They like looking at um, the little things on the sideline, how people are treating each other. Uh, I'm always interested because I think those people are very observant. You know, it's not yeah. just coming for a touchdown yeah. and clapping. You know, the, the the social interaction of a football game, I think, is is very transparent to fans, and, and I enjoy those conversations because I think there's a lot to what they see. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I I feel like I now that I'm in mental performance and in sports psychology, I think I notice body language a lot more. But I don't think that I didn't notice before. I just think it was a little bit more subconscious. Like you, right. you recognize it. You just don't mm -hmm. know you recognize it. So I, right. I, like, I like to think that, you know, all of us are in sales, whether we're in a sales job or not. We're selling yeah. somebody right? Right. with our right. body language. Yeah. So um, do you think that uh, the mental toughness that you accrued and gained playing at junior college, playing at Hawaii, playing in the arena league. Do you think that that served you well in your career as a coach now? No doubt. No doubt. Cause I was told I couldn't be a quarterback in, in Pop Warner. And I still remember that coach and he was a nice guy, but, <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I'll, I'll never forget say his him. Name. Say his <laughs> name. Say his name. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it to him, but all right, all right. you know. But so I played left guard, and no offense to the old lineman, that wasn't my favorite thing to do. You know, I, I wanted, I wanted at least a chance to play quarterback, and I wasn't given that. And you know, and then I get to high school, and you get these quarterbacks who come through the, you know, that they had quarterback coaches, and you know, I just could throw the ball. So I, I just wanted to play it and um, just had to keep working, keep working. I, it was just – what fueled me a bunch was I knew I wanted to do it and there were people that had no reason to be negative and tell me I couldn't do it, telling me. I'm like, well, it, it was a motivation deal, right? Yeah. You can't you, – you'll never play quarterback and run Cali. Was I the best one? No, but – I did. You, you'll yeah. never play at City. City, not City College. City College. Those guys put D one athletes. You'll never play there. I got to play two years there. You know, yeah. you look up and 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 the doubters from your early high school days or early childhood days are, are the ones that want to tag you on Facebook when you you know get a job at at Washington State. Oh, well, I knew that guy. I remember you telling me I couldn't do it. You know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Those those scars they 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 kind of stay because they're they're formulative, right? Like you yes. you you felt the impact of the words and of the attitudes. And right. It it, it caught, you know you reminded me a little bit of the Last Dance. Have you been watching the Last Dance? Oh before? yeah, I like it, I like it a lot. What what resonates with you in that? You know, mentally, physically, in your own story, what resonates from that? Um, Michael Jordan's competitiveness because he. You know, I, I think what I think he was somebody was worried that it might come off negative in, in his perception because he's got such a great um, perception by the world. Um, it strengthened mine because he didn't he didn't need to be your friend in practice. You know, it, yeah. it was about it was about getting better. It was about, you know, you got to play to this level. Um, very demanding. Um, I. I I, I enjoyed that part of it. Phil Jackson on a massive trip was pretty interesting to, to, to see. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I, you know, a lot of things, you, you know, you remember the dunks, you remember the posters you had on your wall, you know, you remember the shots, but all the pieces that went into building that team. And, 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 and I liked how Phil, you know, you're not supposed to treat people – you know, there, there seemed to be an unfair. He knew what guys needed to perform in, in different ways and put that puzzle together. And that was interesting to watch, at, at least where I'm at in my life now. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I was just discussing with some guys in my neighborhood the other day. They're like, oh, I, don't, I, don't have, I, I don't like Michael Jordan as much. I'm like, man, really? Because I watched that and I like my, my respect for him went even higher because you and I have both had teammates – where they tried to act like Michael Jordan, but they weren't putting in the work. And you're like, Hey man, GTFO, get the freak out of here. Right. I don't, yeah. I, I don't need you in my face. Cause you're not putting in the work. Right. I would have loved to play with somebody like Michael Jordan that was not only pushing me, but was doing everything that he said he was going to do. And that moment where he's talking about, if you don't like it, you, you don't have to play that way. Like right. you don't have to play on this team. And he got, he was about to get teared up and he's like, all yeah. right, break. You know, right. I, I've somehow that, that the enormity good. of that statement like said something to me because I felt that at different times. I'm not saying I was Michael Jordan or that I was perfect no. that way, but I did feel that that want and that need and that why to succeed. 
you know and, and you were you were you were in position where there there were guys around your team and there were guys on on most teams that don't have that same deal going on you know yeah and it's frustrating when yeah. when, when there's guys that are not putting in the work that, that you're trying to do right yep. and I, i'm sure you feel that as a coach as well not just a player so i love how yeah. the mom when he got cut told him to just go work harder you know yeah. I love right? that. Does that happen nowadays at all? <laughs> I mean, I'm cha- I'm not. I, you know, well then I'm I'm transferring to Juan Diego Catholic then if I don't right. get to play. It, you know, and she said, "Well, if you, if you want to play, you got to work harder this summer." Right. right. What it, it, that that is one other thing that I thought was great is I I got a lot of respect for his parents and the way that right. they raised him through all that is good because we don't we don't see that as much. There's so much preparation for athletes now. So much snowplow helicopter whatever type of parent you want to call it lawnmower parents they're constantly like grooving the path for kids and and you know you get cut as a sophomore and and she says well you got to work harder there was no there was no like well i know a coach over at this high school or i know you know and so i i, I thought those were impactful yeah i really liked that part i like the whole thing i might you know i'm yeah. glad my son my son is 12 you know, I'm glad he he watched. He wasn't alive for any of the Michael stuff, but for him to see some of that, and you know, it was yeah, it was good. And I for I just need my I don't need my kids to be quarterbacks because I've been around QBs and their dads wanted more than them. I'm not doing that. You got to. I've seen this game. If you don't love it, you better not play it. And but whatever you whatever you love and whatever you figure out you want to do, you better attack it 100. percent That's where my yeah. demand is. You know. Yeah. Isn't isn't that interesting? I I feel the same way. I don't. I and and I think it's true all the way across sport. But like I I I tell people all the time, and my son's only five, so I'm brainwashing him into hard work and effort and all that kind of stuff right now with the mental game. But I tell people like football takes way more than it gives. You better freaking love it. <laughs> you better freaking love it because she's a dirty mistress that will break your heart over and over and over again. You better love her. Yeah. You know? No, your heart will be broken more than it will be. You'll feel just that, but, but the yearning is for that one moment yep. of, of complete or just completion of joy. I mean, the, and the more people you have on that same page makes that a great celebration. That's why you know, they're dying to have cameras in those celebrations because that's pure emotion coming out. Yep. I was watching Will Clark, you know, when Will Clark, when they won. Uh, on the catch? Yeah. No, not Dwight oh, Clark, Will, Will Clark. Clark. Will Clark. Giant, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was watching the Giants celebration in the, in the lobby, but it, it's it's uncontrollable because of the work put in and, and the desire. And, you know, it, yeah. it's, it is like a champagne bottle popping off because it's just it's 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 so much in there to take to get to that point right right uh let me shift gears a little bit what's your biggest failure so far and how did it how has it made you a better coach better husband a better dad how did you work through that my biggest failure um it's a good question um I I think um, not staying true to my convictions um, in in some staff rooms over the years, um, okay. you know, just letting letting it 
go when I could have fixed it, you know, with the, I guess having the tough conversations earlier when I should have had them with people um, mm -hmm. instead of, oh, you know, that guy's that way, you know, let, you know, that that's where I, I get with Phil and, you know, I saw what he did with some of the guys. I'm like, well, was that what I was trying to do or, but no, I, I think I've gotten better at having the, the hard conversations, just be honest. And instead of beating around the bush or seeing if it gets better, you know, things like that, you know, it's not, yeah. you know, just, just being even more upfront with people and, you know, and, and listening and listening to them. Is that, am I maybe hearing and, and correct me if I'm wrong in hearing this, but is that a little bit more authentic to yourself and, and to the, to the, to the people around you instead of just like swallowing your whistle or not saying what you need, or am I hearing that wrong? No, I think, I think you're, I think you're hearing it right. I did what was easier and not what had to be done, I guess. Uh -huh. um, you know, just hoping everybody's as intrinsically motivated as they needed to be. Um, I don't need everybody to be friends, but I need people to work and care about the kids that they're coaching. And, um, you know, I just, and, and Brian Polian said this and, he, you know, he said, bad news isn't like fine wine. It doesn't get better with age. And that's kind of some of the things I'm talking about where you know, yeah. I should have said something at that moment. And, well, is this, is this the right time? Is this, you know, is this not necessarily hurting people's feelings, but is this the right time to call them out on this? Or, and you just, they're on the field, you know, I think what, what's helped me is, almost transforming to a different mindset when you go on the field or when you're talking about football game day, you know, I, I apologize to the guys on the staff and the team. I say, I may say something. Um, it's in the heat of the game. I'm not going to attack you personally. I'm attacking the problem, but you know, there's no time to be nice about it in game day. And, and, and that's one thing I think people, I, I confuse people with is sometimes they don't know if I'm joking or mad. Um, I've heard that multiple times in my career and it's always confused me. Um, so I'm trying to be, I'm trying to separate those two. So there is no confusion and people don't. Right. right. You know. And what have you learned from that? Like you're, you're more assertive now. You, you nip it in the bud I, quicker. I think so. I think so. I'm, yeah. I'm raising my children, you know, with, I, I love that phrase, attack the problem, not the person. Cause I think, I think it, then there's there's not a defensive element that you have to fight through to get the point across you right. know right and, and so with my kids you know this and, and just explain you know oh does he i don't know if i have a real good example but i think it's helped me with my kids um a lot i mean especially the boys you know right now because i got three boys and you know they're they're all at different, well, I got twin boys, so they're at similar stage, but, you know, but also when, when, when my, when my son, you know, I, I've jumped on him a little bit because this COVID thing, I need him to do a little bit more around the house and, and he's really stepped up. So I'll make sure to tell him that. And I, and I point out to the twins and say, look, you know, your brother's doing some really good stuff here. You know what I mean? So yeah. you guys can do it too. Yeah. If I were to um, go back to, was it San Marin Catholic? Is that what you said? No, just Marin Catholic. Marin, Marin Catholic, or if yeah. I were to go to San Jose Community College or Hawaii, and we're back with your peers, right? Mm -hmm. 
fill in this blank for me. Nick will be successful because he blank. What would they say? Um, cares about people. Cares about people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, wow. That's a pretty strong statement. I, You know, it's interesting because, you know, when I'm at the all-poly camp, I'm kind of just the guy that's going around trying to make sure everything yeah, right. keeps right. And there's some coaches that big-time me. And there's some coaches that are jerks and there's some guys like, well, we're doing whatever we want over here, you know? And um, I just remember meeting you the first time and I, I never felt that way with you. I do feel like you cared about people. I think if I was stepping on your toes or something, you would have said, Hey, scoot the hell back Jensen. And then you would have come up with me later and like, Hey, don't, don't get your feelings all hurt, man. I was just (laughs) in the middle of a drill, you know? And I, you know, I don't know you like your peers would have, but I, I do get that feeling right that's that's how i know you that's right. how that's how i'm able to communicate with you or get a hold of you and you're willing to do this interview is because i think you just genuinely care about people i think that's a i think that's well, a true statement and i think you're you've done so many good things for kids and, and and in this game that you know i think you got a lot of genuine aspects to your your qualities as far as a human so i i, I think you're good for the game of football and good for the world and that's kind of how i go about my day judging people to be honest well I appreciate it I appreciate it what um do you find yourself coaching or do you do you find yourself mirroring or repeating phrases that some of your influential coaches said to you do you find yourself doing that is there is there any coach that sticks out that helped you to be mentally tough over the years when you were playing or when you were coaching um I think they all have um, I think what, what you know when a kid cares about what you're teaching them, and I think I was so just dialed into I've never even been exposed to this level of, of offensive schematics and, and a beauty of like I like growing up, I love throwing the football, I love seeing the ball through the air, but when you start seeing the the just the the beauty of manipulation of 22 guys and how you take advantage of it and the 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 whole different there's different aspects of 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 a defense I started really enjoying learning that and I think coaches feel that you're generally interested in what they're teaching you so um I remember throwing a pick to a middle safety just holding the ball holding the ball because I had no idea what I was looking at in high school and I just threw it as far as I could in the middle of the field free safety just sitting there (laughs) waiting for it and I remember getting yelled at and I go, I know the interception's not good. I understand that. But I had I, I had no idea what to do at that moment, you know, and and um so that that was one where I'm like, well, I, you know, I know he's mad, but I'm mad too. But <laughs> what I just what was I what did I do wrong? What what I how how can I fix it? You know? Yeah, I get I, I sometimes I watch guys and I'll, I'll be watching a division one football game. And this is, this is nobody around you, but I've seen this a couple of times where quarterback comes off and the quarterback coach comes up and talks to him and you can see the quarterbacks confused. He's like, I, and the coach, the coach is in his, his, his number one thing was, man, you got to throw it. And I'm like, dude, that is not even close to like what he needed right there. Like, no. Of course, I needed to throw it, like no. you know, and I just laugh sometimes because I'm like, man, that's a young coach that's gonna have to figure out how to like talk that guy through the situation. Because, man, I, I don't know how you felt going from junior college to 
I actually felt it more going from high school to junior college, the speed of the game, than I did from junior college to I'd agree with that. Division one. But I but I just remember things happen so fast that when you throw a pick, there's a moment there for a minute that you're really confused on what just happened. Like somebody's got to walk me through this because yeah. I, I did not see that dude at all. And it right. happened fast, right? And so right. it's nice when there's coaches that can walk you through it. Like, hey, what did you see? What yeah. was going on there? Did you, did and, you not see the middle safety? Did you not? Yeah. You know, No, I didn't yeah, see it. The other guys are, well, look, this guy was wide open on this play, but it's not – you know, it's not, here's this beautiful meal. It's, he needs the, here's the ingredients, here's the prep, here's the, to be able to get to this meal. You know, it's not, I, I get frustrated with guys who say, this guy's wide open, you know, throw the ball. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he, wasn't even, he wasn't even in the, the picture for whether he was going to be open or not. He's the fourth guy, he's the fifth guy, right? That part of it, or even, you know, the, the, the after the play coaches that were right. You know what I mean? This right. guy was open. It's like, well, the kid yeah. he's just out there in this massive, you know, it's just yeah. – I, I get frustrated with that. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But, but, but here's what we're seeing this year, Riley – or not this year, but it, I think you're seeing – and this is, this is holding coaches accountable. I tell kids, whether they're my 12-year-old son, I tell them or I speak to kids, I say, listen, in my opinion – you're the smartest group of 12 year olds that have ever walked the face of this earth ever in human existence. You're the smartest. You have access to more information. You have a lot of answers at your fingertips growing up in the internet age. They need to know why there's less yes coach and just trusting you. They want to learn why we're doing this. And if you don't have that solidified in your mind, you know, they can smell the BS pretty quick in, in, and then yeah, you're think, dude, I think athletes can smell BS faster than anyone. If yeah. I'm if I'm standing up, I'm talking about mental toughness and there's some BS going on, they'll see through me in a heartbeat. And yep. I think we see through coaches. And I think you're right. You know, when I talk to coaches about this, this exact subject, players ask why way more often than we did. We we just took it and we were just like, Yes, sir. Yeah. And and we didn't really know why, but we knew that if we wanted to play, we needed to figure yeah. out why. <laughs> That's right. you know? But how, is, is that hard? Is the minutia of that hard to, to, to slow down and actually no. like why all the time? No, I, I, I think it, it keeps coaches accountable. You know, yeah. I think it really does. And um, instead of just do this, you know, and, and it also, I, they're, they're, they're too smart. You can't just say, go hit that bag. I mean, obviously, you know, you've explained the yeah. drill before, but, you know, here's what we're trying to work on that they, they need to connect it. You know what I mean? They want to know why they're hitting the yeah. bag. Yeah. 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 A couple more questions. Um, what advice would you give to yourself 15, 20 years ago as a coach? What would be the advice? Um. Do it your way, you know, do it, do it within your personality. You know, you can't, I can't go be some straight laced tie wearing guy that ain't, I'm not comfortable in that. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak what's on my mind. I'm going to answer questions. I'm going to, um, don't try to be anybody else. You know, the, the same run and shoot plays that, that 
we were all taught or as anybody's ever taught or ISO. So many people have taught ISO, but you got to teach ISO your way. You got to, you got to communicate it your way. You got to act your way. And, and um, I'm, I would say, you know, straight, stay true to the human element of, of this game, even though the money's outrageous and this, and the, the level's getting, I mean, it's just, it's such a important game to, to so many people, you know, it, it, it shouldn't be much different other than, than how you attacked, you know, playing catch with my sister on the street when, when we were eight and 10 years old, you know what I mean? It was, it, it's gotta have that same element to it. Um, and don't let, don't let the outside part of this game and this job, which is, um, you know, the, 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 the money, the, 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 all that stuff, you know, don't let that change how you approach this game and, and how you um, treat and I guess how you consider kids, you know what I mean, in, in yeah. your company, you know. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people, we talked about this at the very first, job losses, people losing small businesses, people that are sick, they're, they're struggling right now. They're struggling with the unknown. They're struggling with a lot of change. Any advice to those people? Anything that you can impart to us that might be of, of use? I just, I just go back to when my grandma died and my uncle told me this too shall pass. You know, we'll get through it. You know, it's, it is what it is right now. And, and the more we stay together and, um, and know that there, 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 this will come to an end and things will get better. And, you know, because, there, there are so many people that you're, you're imagine, imagine the children growing up now and, and basically in a quarantine, you know what I mean? How many questions are they having? You know, stop feeling sorry for yourself, you know, make sure we do as best we can for, to, to help these kids. I mean, a lot of us, you know, and, and as you, I just think it's so gotta be so confusing for the children. You know what I mean? You yeah. Know, and I understand it's hard. I understand, but, you know, you're, you're in the position you are because you're worthy of it. And you're, 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 cause everyone's going to be in some kind of leadership role. You know, we talk about it with football. I mean, I mean, real high percentage, you're going to be a father, real high percentage, you're going to be married real high percentage or almost certain that you will have some kind of leadership role in your community, your neighborhood, your church, your, your place of business. And, you know, you're worthy of that. You're, you're, you're here for a reason. You're, you know, and, and I know stuff right now for a lot of people, but we can get through it. And, and the positive, again, talking to yourself, right? The sun's going to come up tomorrow. We're going to get, we're going to, we're going to start chopping away at this and we'll be better in the end. Yeah. And, and, and take it to a point where, and it's easy for me to say, I understand that, but um, take the positive aspects of I'm around my kids 24 hours a day. Now I know I'm in here doing zooms and, but the, 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 the resetting of our, our, our values, I think is really the opportunity at this point, you know, to really, again, get centered back on your why. Yeah. That's a really, really good points. I, I, I like what you're saying. It reminds me of the, the phrase by Billie Jean King way back in the day, pressure is a privilege, right? Mm, I like that. You know, Ooh, I'm going to take that one. Please I'm take gonna, it. Please I, take I, it. I like that one. Right? I might tweet it out right now. Please do. Please do. <laughs> At least send it to the guys. 
pressure is a privilege because, you know, and, and I like what you're saying about the guys on your team. They are going to be leaders, whether they're the leader of their family, whether they're the leader of their community, their churches. Um, they've earned the right to have that pressure on them. You've bestowed the right upon whoever's your quarterback at University of Hawaii or at Washington State, right? Yeah, there's pressure, but you earned it because you don't suck. Right. You don't suck at what you do. You earned that pressure. Nice. And and some of this pressure is unwanted or some of it is like, you know, given to us, but we have what it takes. And yeah. I, I think you're right with the kids. They're the ones that need to be able to look to somebody and go, okay, so how does dad handle this situation? Right. How does dad handle a job loss? How does dad handle sickness? Cause they're, they're counting on us right. to respond appropriately. Right. And, yeah. um, you know, when I'm, when I'm in a tough situation, I, I, I've, I've said it to my brother, Casey, I've said it to other people, pressure is a privilege, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, my brother is, you know, the area sales director for hand cooked tires in the whole Western United States. And he's had to make some tough decisions lately. And he's like, I know what you're going to say to me. Right. And I go, <laughs> I'm like, pressure is a privilege. That's why you get paid good money. That's why you're where you are is because people have confidence in you to make the right decisions. And do At that, that time. Yeah. yeah. So coach, man, always fantastic to talk to you. Thank uh, you. Ryan. Great to be here. I appreciate a few minutes. Good luck to you at Washington state. I'll Thank personally very be much. Here cheering for you. Um, and uh, I, I know, I know my family, you know, when I, when I see you on TV, I'm like, Hey man, that guy right there, that guy's a good dude. So <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I, and, I appreciate and so are you. So awesome. Hey man. We'll Have a great weekend, again. brother. You too. Okay. See you, Ryan.